Hi, I'm Stephen. This is Mick. And today we're going to be talking about pain. Before we begin, though, we just want to say that this is only a discussion. There are no right or wrong answers. These are just our thoughts and opinions, which can and will change. Neither of us are experts on anything. We are just two dudes talking. Mick, we're talking about pain today. And I was thinking about this. I hope the only instance of pain in this conversation is the topic itself and not in the quality of what we're talking about or how we feel. So, <laughs> But in order to ensure that that is the case, we have to first define, well, what is pain? So let's start off. I want to hear maybe from you when we think about pain, when you think about pain, what do you think about? What does it mean to you? Uh, I think in my mind, uh, pain is like a feedback or a signal to let you know that uh, there's an undesirable outcome. So I had been thinking about this and I did look at some dictionary sort of definitions, but it didn't kind of cover it as generalized as I felt. Um, so I feel like, yeah, it's kind of the the feedback signal or the signal to you that there's an undesirable outcome um, because it seemed in the dictionary they split mental and physical pain up. Um, and in my mind, it, um, yeah, you can encompass both of those by by that statement. Yeah. I mean, I go even more general than... <laughs> you have so when i think of pain i just think of it as data first it's just some well there is a difference between data and information yeah information is the form like organization of data so pain itself is just data now when we organize that when we turn it into information i feel that okay that's when it gets to where you're at with okay this is a signal this is a bit of feedback and to me it's a signal that something is wrong uh not just that something is wrong, something is significantly wrong. So to me, that could be either there's too much of something or too little of something. And in that case, you need to look at the context and figure out, okay, what is it? Is it too much, too little? And what specifically is it resulting to? But how do you feel about that? How do you feel about it? it's It's a signal that something is wrong and intensely wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure that I'd use the word wrong because I think sometimes pain can be beneficial and there's points in time where I think people uh, seek out pain for pleasure. So I was thinking about, you know, moments where that occurs. So like hot food is one of those things that's a, it has an interesting response in a lot of people. So some people really hate the heat of hot food and just won't have it. Other people don't actually feel the, the, the burning sensation possibly from the hot food and have a high tolerance. But then there's other people, I think I'm kind of in that category where it burns, but there's some kind of desire to actually have that burning sensation. And the hot food, it's kind of a yeah, it's it's a I can't ex- describe it very well, but it it has both a bit of pain, but there's pleasure there as well. So eating that hot food. So I'm not sure in all cases it actually is something that is going wrong. Maybe in the food, other people would say that that hot food is no good for your body, um, and that's possibly the case. But I'm assuming there's other ways which pain could be maybe beneficial and it could be out of just growth or something something alike. I'm glad that you said that because this to me just suggests that, okay, our understanding of it, the way we define it is a little bit different. So what you're saying, I, I agree with you, but I think that when we get to the point of pain, I think I, I, what I like to do is distinguish discomfort from pain. And I think the it, it's a very blurry line, even still to me, even though I think about it a fair bit, 
but I think when you get to what pain actually is, pain itself is the signal that it's too far. So you can have, like you said, you're eating hot food and it's uncomfortable, but you enjoy it. And other things like say exercise, you're, you're lifting weights and it's uncomfortable and it, it may be difficult, but it's not actually painful. I think when it gets to painful is when, okay, this is actually doing damage to you. To continue at this level is, is harmful. So like you said, there are points before that, I think that you get to where it's like, this could be beneficial. It could also be detrimental to you depending on what you're doing. But I think once you get into the pain region, that's when it starts being detrimental to your physical mental health. Okay. So it makes more sense when you explain it from that point of view. So I, I imagine a scale in my, in my mind where you've got comfortable and maybe one side is is pleasure and joy or something along those lines but you're sort of suggesting there's comfort there's kind of discomfort and then there's pain and if you get to the level of pain then there's something wrong you should probably come back to either comfort or, or a bit of discomfort yeah correct i've even actually got a scale here so i'll, I'll, I'll uh, talk you through it similar to what you said i think you've got two poles on one side is pleasure on the other side is pain and so for me it goes from pleasure to comfort, to I'm not sure what the best word here is. I've got balance here, but stasis, homeostasis, whatever you want, discomfort and pain. Now, how I see it is that when you're balanced, everything is is continuing as is. You're maintaining. When you go either either side of it, things are starting to change. So if you're too far in comfort, things are starting to change. If you're too far in discomfort, on the pain side, things are starting to change. And there's a little bit of, I'm still trying to figure out like the differences because you can have discomfort, uncomfortable things that are bad for you. But generally when we think of discomfort, there's also, if you want to improve and grow, you have to be uncomfortable as well. So how does that sound to you in terms of a scale from pleasure, comfort, balance, discomfort, pain? Yeah, I'm happy to work with that scale, yeah. Yeah, and then so like I said, then the pain is is that point I think where that's when it starts to become damaging. Are you happy that we agree with that? Uh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to go along that point of view. Um, what I think is interesting in, in the scale scenario, it means that you might not always be at a finite point on the scale. I'm, I'm assuming then. So, how would you using that scale? How would you describe a period where there is both? pleasure and pain out of us or pleasure and discomfort I guess out of a situation if you if we say that pain is something is really wrong and we say discomfort can be possibly a good thing at, at certain times um, how does one uh, be both discomfort and also uh, at pleasure yeah it's a good question and one that I've been thinking about I think once you get to the extremes like you get to extreme pain I think start things start to get a bit funny it's like if you go to uh, um, like a micro scale to a massive scale, like things start to operate differently than the scale that we are currently on. I think it's similar with this. It's like you go to either extreme, things start to get weird. Like if you go too far into pleasure, it starts turning into pain. If you go too far into pain, it starts turning into pleasure. And I think that's just that, okay, at that point you're getting to um, saturation or cutoff or like your senses are hitting their threshold and like things just start like with the way you interpret it is starting to get all messed up. Um, what There was something else you said there. Can you just... Uh, I, I was just trying to figure out how uh, using a scale, it seems like it wouldn't be a finite measure on that scale always. You could be in two... It's like yeah. a superposition scenario. 
where you could sort of be in two states, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I think is that we we bounce back and forth between both sides. So I think most of the time that like if you're going through discomfort, the response, you, you know, you, you're feeling pain and then shortly after you feel pleasure. I don't think that's necessarily you're in the same state. I think it's you've bounced back all the way. It's kind of like a response curve where it's like you're going really hard up and down until finally you get back to balance. Yeah, so I guess if you take it from that point of view, sometimes you seek out discomfort in order to get pleasure. Correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, well, I'll just, I've got a couple of, because I tried to distinguish between discomfort and pain because I think to me, this is, this is how I try and operate is that I want to be in that discomfort, uncomfortable zone because I think that's where you grow the most. And if you look at, I don't know, have you ever heard of hormesis? Don't think so. It's this idea that uh, a little bit of something that is harmful to you is actually beneficial in the long run. But if you go past a certain point, then it becomes obviously very detrimental to you. So to me, the way I see it applying in this respect is that a little bit of discomfort or a certain level of discomfort is where you have optimal growth. Anything less than that is less optimal. Anything past that is less optimal. And then you get to a point where it's like, it's actually negative for you. And you're actually damaging yourself. So I've got discomfort here and some of the attributes that I've got for it is that it's bearable for a prolonged period of time. So it's uncomfortable, but it's not going to like force you to stop what you're doing. It, it, along those lines, it's difficult but manageable to continue. When you remove the stimulus, so when you're uncomfortable and you remove the stimulus, you recover really quickly. So say you're on a treadmill and you're running or you're jogging for 10, 15 minutes straight and you're starting to feel really, really uncomfortable. As soon as you stop like 10, 15 seconds later, you know, you're fine. You're back to normal. Um, Long-term exposure results in uh, change. This is why I'm saying like I initially had it, it, it results in growth, but then I realized you can do things that are uncomfortable that are actually negative for you. So I just say it results in change. Ideally, you'd be doing something that is beneficial to your growth. Uh, so yeah, can be good or bad to your overall well-being. And the other thing to note with discomfort is it can turn into pain. So if you're doing something for long enough, it can start becoming painful. So it isn't always going to, just because you're doing the same thing for a prolonged period of time doesn't mean it's always going to stay at that level. Does that sound reasonable for like a summation of what discomfort is? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, what's interesting in my mind about having, I guess, this this range or this spectrum and then having discomfort in there is I remember watching a podcast recently. I forget who it was, but basically they were describing that uh, the idea is that they try and push themselves into discomfort in the morning and that makes the rest of their day easy because that sets the baseline for the day. And so therefore you're generally not going to go towards the pain side. You've already done your high discomfort and uh, anything that comes your way means that you've got confidence to overcome. Nothing can be quite as to the edge of that, I guess. Um, so it helps you, I guess, also understanding the benefit of discomfort and when it is beneficial for you to stay in that zone uh, for future outcome, I guess, or, or something along those lines. Yeah, and I've, I've told you this before, but my idea about what, um, balance is I think that's what it is is you have of intensity multiplied by time is equal to intensity multiplied by time so this is over a time period so say over a day you've got a certain amount of time where you will be in discomfort slash pain and a certain amount of time where you be comfort slash pleasure 
So what you can do is similar to what this person was saying is in the morning, okay, let's go high intensity discomfort for a very short period of time. And then throughout the rest of the day, it may be a lower intensity comfort, but it's prolonged throughout the rest of the day. So that's kind of like when you say that, that's what comes to my mind. Just like they're transferring, you put a lot of energy in the beginning of the day to set yourself up to this state. And then you can use that, that, that initial state as a baseline. And then you just taper off for the rest of the day back into that comfort zone, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And so that was discomfort. Let me quickly go over what I've got for pain. So pretty obvious, unbearable. You want to get rid of it immediately or as quickly as possible. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to continue with what you're doing when you're actually feeling pain. When you remove the stimulus, it's a longer time to recovery. It's a much harder to recover. And then there's possible permanent damage if you're in that pain zone for too long. So that's kind of how I distinguish between discomfort and pain. And if I'm ever like, okay, if I'm unsure what the what the difference is, stop what I'm doing, see how long it takes to recover. If it's, start, if it's taking longer than normal, it's like, okay, got to stop that. That's the pain zone. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a bit of a different space to see uh, just how you perceive these using this kind of idea of using that scale, and it seems like you've spent a lot of time thinking about how you, <laughs> how to describe it. So what about a love? Uh, so you know, as you said before, pain is that there's a signal that there's something really wrong. So when you lose a loved one, what would you describe that? Do you think that 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 grief and the loss of a loved one is that discomfort, or would that be pain? Probably discomfort. Yeah, that's a, it's a hard one. I don't, I don't, the thing is when you lose a loved one and this is it, I don't, I'm hesitant to talk about this because it's going to sound cold when I say what I'm going to say, but it's, it's not due to lack of emotions. It's just me trying to go past emotions and say, see what is going on here. I think it's more like, we are creatures of habit, right? So someone that you're close with becomes part of your habit, becomes part of what you do, becomes part of your routine. You're relying on them for things. It's like you're relying on your arm. If you were to lose your arm, all of a sudden, you have to change the way that you you interact with the world. So I think it's similar with a loved one. They're, 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 they are a part of you in that way. And when you lose them, it's your body trying to adapt to, okay, now that's a new environment. Now I'm trying to... I gotta, I gotta reorient myself. I gotta create new habits. I gotta create new routine schedules. So I think that is more part of what's going on with the pain and the grief of losing a loved one. And again, it might sound cold. I don't mean it to be. That's just I kind of think that's that's what's going on. Yeah. So you feel that at that point in time, it's the individual adjusting to the to the change in their life, which is losing a loved one. Whether they support that person, I mean, in some cases, the loved one might have been seen as the one that was being supported and not the one that's it might be the opposite way around so they might lose someone that didn't actually might not necessarily gave them a whole lot of support but the social into their social connection that they built over that period of time is i guess what they they're losing they're trying to adapt to it's it's irrelevant who's supporting who it's that this is part of your life you have you have oriented yourself to be they're part of your routine. doesn't matter if you're helping them or they're helping you. They're part of your habits. They're part of what you do. And so you have to fix yourself, like adjust based on that. Yeah. So it's the old saying that, uh, you know, if you lose someone, you've lost a part of yourself. So a lot of people, I guess, describe 
you know, uh, someone being a widow, I guess, is um, they're never the same person again because they've lost that loved one. And so you're sort of saying, which makes complete sense, if you look at it from removing the emotion, like you said, is that um, that person has lost, has actually lost a part of their self because that person brought something to them that made up their, like you said, their daily routines or even their uh, perspective on things or whatever it was that that, that actual person provided through, yeah, through being having that social connection, I guess. Yeah, I wish I had more of a neuroscience background because I think you could explain it through the terms of what goes on when you learn. So the way I, I see it is I really do see it similar to forming habits where it's like you do something often enough, it ends up being becoming hardwired into you. And in order to change that, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of discipline. And I think that's what happens with uh, when you're with someone else is that that becomes hardwired into you. And so when you lose that, it's like all of a sudden you have to rewire your whole body. And that's what is really painful. Okay, so going down, I'm going to uncomfortable. Sorry, yeah. I don't remember what I said before. <laughs> no, that's all. I mean, that shows it's a little bit tricky at times to discern between the two two measures. But I think it is probably good to try and separate them in in order to describe the different uh, the re the resolution or the discrete steps between them. So I'm going to keep going down this path because at some point I'm going to figure out where the edge is that pain starts to be introduced. So is there any where does mental anguish be start to become pain? So I've, a loved one is a is a big, uh, I guess, mental anguish that that a person goes through, and that one uh, we're sort of describing is discomfort. At what point does is it is is pain only a physical thing in your mind, or is there periods where someone can mentally go through pain? Um. And what would that look like? Well, so if you ever lost a loved one, that's discomfort. What would a mental pain look like? You ask me tough questions. <laughs> so the show's about. Yeah. It's good. I just have to think. Uh, it takes a little bit more time because I have to think about it, think it through. Mental pain. I think it's, again, depending how damaging it is to so what signal i guess okay so oh maybe we can walk it through this way how does someone determine whether they're in a, in the zone of discomfort or zone of pain what 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 would you be starting to look at particularly if it's a mental thing because a mental thing is a lot harder obviously physically you can see you're bleeding or you've broken an arm or you've done something physically to your body and it's much easier to perceive that pain because you can you can see it tangibly, I guess. So whereas mental, it's a little bit tricky because how do you, you you're just working off that that emotional response to certain scenarios, and yeah, there's obviously a, a chemical reaction that happens in your body that that triggers those emotions. So what is it that you're looking at from a mental point of view where it turns from discomfort to pain? Is there any signals? Yeah, the way I try it. I think it's difficult in the moment to distinguish between discomfort and pain. And I, the way I do it, like I was saying before, is that I stop whatever I'm doing. Obviously, this is a bit more difficult if it's something mental to stop, but remove yourself from the stimulus that you think is causing you discomfort slash pain. And dependent on how long it takes you to get back to that balance, to get back to that uh, stasis, is whether it, it tells me whether you were in pain or discomfort which is 
obviously is, is a difficult thing. You're not always going to be capable of stopping yourself. It's, it's, if you're trying to grow, you obviously have to be in that uncomfortable phase a lot longer in order to get the growth. So you don't want to be stopping every five seconds to say, oh, hang on, is this painful? But I think it's uh, intuition that you build up over time. So you just have to do things, push yourself, and then you get a bit of a feel for, okay, now I'm going too far. For me, like I said, if I, if I stop and I can't get back to stasis, back to balance, then that's a big issue. Um, I get like when, when, when I am in a painful situation, I get like I start to shake and I can't uncontrollably, I can't stop it, even though it may not be that visibly, that physically visible. I feel it in me like I can't keep going. My mind keeps racing. I can't change focus. That's another good one actually. If you try and focus on something, say you pick a spot on the wall and you just try and focus your eyes on that spot. And if you're unable to do that, if your mind's like jumping around, you can't just focus on that spot. Or breath is actually a pretty good one. Focus on your breathing. If you can't concentrate on your breathing, if you can't slow it down to a steady rhythm, then to me that's like, okay, you're probably getting too far away from um, – discomfort and going into pain does any of that <laughs> is that helpful at all yeah i think i think so I th- so in in your mind uh so the way you're describing it there in my mind it is that um discomfort so if i go back to losing a loved one uh it seems that it's not a you can't clearly answer whether it's discomfort or pain because let me say it this way if you lose the loved one and then the you weren't able to get out of the grief process. Is that a signal because you're not able to return back to the, the, the balanced state? Is that a signal that you're now experiencing pain? I think it's a signal that you did, that it was something painful because it is taking you time to a lot of time and effort to get over it or to get back to, not to get over it, but to get past it, to get back to that stasis, that balance. Yeah. So Pain can, in in your mind, pain is, gen. Although you can have an instantaneous level of like pain if you lose a limb or something like that, you're gonna it's immediate response. With the mental anguish, it's from your point of view, it's much easier to monitor the level of pain based on if you can return back to a, a balanced state or if you can get some comfort and and uh, pleasure. And if you can't return back to that you're either in the period of experiencing pain or you have gone through pain where you're unable to recover. I think so. I think that's pretty well put. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Because um, so one of the things that I had been thinking about, about the pleasure and pain, and this one might be a little bit discomf- discomfort and it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts or feedback would be. So a lot of people that are highly depressed and unable to, oh, not not a lot of people, but there are a portion of people that are highly depressed or or unable to sort of deal with the day to day parts of life, uh, might go through periods of self harm where they actually cause uh, pain to themselves. And in my mind, it's a conversion of that pain. So basically, they have some mental anguish or some, uh, you know, something which internally they're able to resolve and the only way that they feel they can get that out is to basically physically cause pain and then the focus shifts from what they were thinking on to the pain in which they just created and gives them a sense of relief so does that that conversion between uh that mental pain to the physical pain 
Does that make sense when you think about it from a conversion of that it goes from a mental, something that's internal and mentally um, uh, experienced to something in which you can try and get relief by producing a physical pain to overcome it? Or Yeah, that's an interesting one. And it is something I have thought about in the past. I don't know that I've ever come to a really good answer. I think one of the big things about being able to make it physical is that it's, well, one of the things is, like I said before, if you're in pain, it's difficult for you to focus on other things. So like you said, if you bring some physical pain to you, that actually draws your focus. So that is that is where your focus gets pulled. Say your, your pain was mental. So when you're trying to focus on something else, it keeps getting pulled back to that. As soon as you make it physical, okay, instead of focusing on this, it gets default focuses on whatever the physical pain is. And then, yeah, that's something also that you can, it's, it's, pretty easy to understand how you can recover from some physical pain so if you are if you are cutting yourself it's like okay stop the bleeding okay treat it put a bandage on it it's 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 a way for you to okay i can deal with that whereas sometimes when it's mental we don't have the tools or we don't have the understanding how to get over that how to fix that and so it's like give me something else that I, that will draw my focus that i can focus on that i can fix up Oh, that's a really good thought. I didn't actually think about that second part. So it's not only that you're able to convert it and then change your focus uh, drawn away with the pain, but I think what you were saying there is also that now it becomes a, a, in a, in a, I guess, in a state in which you can actually heal it. And so that healing process, although it's not the original cause of the pain, the healing process allows you to feel that you've got some control over the pain that which you weren't able to do when it was in the mental form, I guess. So it allows people to at least feel that they've got control and at least have I, I feel like they're doing something about the pain in which they experience by creating new pain and being able to fix it. I think so. I mean, again, not an expert, but that's kind of like what how I would feel about it. Because there are some times where it's like, oh, mentally, like you're stressed, but and you're like, oh, can, is there something that can take this 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 away from me? But then when I think about it, it's like you're just adding another pain on top. It's not really helping you. It's not, it's never treating the original thing. So it's like just, you're better off just trying to focus on, okay, what's the original problem. But I do, I am sympathetic and understand how difficult that can be. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say these things, but if you, yeah, if your, your body's not responding the way that you want it to, and you're unable to control that, then it's really just a set of words and a set of, uh, uh, I guess, advice from someone else, but it doesn't actually penetrate or it doesn't uh, give the person... In actual fact, in some states, I think that it can make the person feel um, isolated more because other people can tell them, oh, this is what you should be doing. You should be doing this and that. And the individual that's unable to achieve that then feels more of an outcast because they're like, well, everyone else can is able to achieve this, but I, for some reason, can't. So there must be something completely wrong with me. Um, and I guess in some instances it depends on their, their uh, yeah, their, their, the way, what they've been through in life because each individual obviously has a, has a different story and a different experience and some people go through, you know, trauma-related incidences when, when they're younger or, or when they've gone maybe even war and things like that that are a, a significant big change to uh, just you know some person that's sort of an average joe and just doing their normal sort of day-to-day -day routines and um in those states the normal tools or techniques are probably aren't, aren't going to work that would not work normally on a situation but maybe someone's been to war and seen a lot of people killed and you know 
there's a there's a much deeper problem which they need to probably try and overcome that won't generally work with what you would normally do for everyday um, situations where you get pain or discomfort to to try and return to that state. Mm. Yeah, and I'm not trying to give any like advice. Oh, this is what you should do in this situation. I think that that is kind of when you don't have experience with it, and like you said, you tell someone, oh, you should feel this way. Why aren't you feeling this way? That's the horrible thing. And like for anyone who's, who's being told that, it's like try and just, okay, accept that they're, they're trying to offer help, but they may not understand you. What I wanted to say though is even for me who strongly believes in this idea that everything like from pleasure to pain, you bounce back and forth between the two. So anytime you're in extreme pain, it's going to go to pleasure at some point anytime you're in pleasure it's going to go to pain like again this too shall pass and i've said it before but like that's in 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 a sentence this too shall pass is what you you should remember i think it's very helpful to remember that even like i said as someone who believes that when i am in a in a period where it it is painful where you know there is mental anguish or whatever even knowing that doesn't stop that feeling it doesn't make you feel better you still have to feel that pain but what it does help you to do is to is to not make it worse for yourself so although although it doesn't help you in that instance to get better it kind of stops me or at least in my case kind of stops me from getting worse it's like okay this is going to pass eventually but for right now i just got to feel it and that's 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 how you deal with it at least that's how i deal with it yeah okay so in some instances it, uh, it, um cuz that was where I was going to go next is is pain ever useful is you know is periods of pain actually of use or is it always something that should be should be avoided and do you know so for instance let's say I had to let's say I you know uh for argument's sake you know I was a soldier or something like that in my past and I now experience PTSD is there a period of pain that there's, is there a period of pain that I need to go through to actually get through the healing process? So where is, cause discomfort, it seems like, and maybe we can talk on that a little bit more. Discomfort has this value of um, it is good to be in a, a state of discomfort at certain points in time. It helps you sort of set a baseline. So everything uh, after certain discomfort, uh, it's much easier to achieve comfort or pleasure. Um, and also discomfort might be that you're growing or like you said before, you're at the gym and you're working out. It feels uncomfortable, but you know that the, the, the discomfort's going to give you a payoff after that period of time. What about pains? Considering the original idea was that pain is kind of a signal that something's always kind of wrong. But do we have to confront that at certain points in time? Is there any value actually going through a bit of pain to get through something? I really think it depends where you want to draw the line between what is discomfort and what is pain. It's really how you define the words at that point. I think in general senses, we do think of pain as sometimes you, this is something you have to get, go through in order to recover. Whether you call that discomfort or pain, I don't think it really matters. It is just that, yes, you have to go through that uncomfortable period, whether it is, again, incredibly intense or relatively intense in order to heal so either yeah so either way so in this case it's the uh the resolution uh the kind of the whether it is discomfort or severe pain for that because some people can actually you know you can imagine um so you can imagine exposure therapy for someone that's also say frightened of snakes or spiders 
and they go near a sp- snake and a spider and they get an immediate response of fear. So much fear that I guess there's a biological response. They might be, they might run, they, you know, they might do something actually quite, quite, um, quite a reactive response, I guess. But they kind of have to go, if they want to overcome that fear, they kind of have to go through that discomfort or, or, or pain. And at that point, it doesn't really necessarily matter because I guess the threshold for people is very different. So for me, a spider, I don't generally want to pick it up, but I'm also not too concerned about a spider. But if a spider was on the wall here, it wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. But for instance, you know, my mum, if there was a spider in the room, she'd be down the street, you know, and... Um, and I think she has got a bit better over the years just of conditioning herself to, to being exposed to, to pain. Uh, I mean, the discomfort. So I guess in those instances, you've got to be careful. It's, it's good to be careful that while you might see a direction as being discomfort or, or have uh, a level of pain for you, that uh, not to just always shun away from it and not to always avoid it because... It doesn't really remove um, the exposure to actually going through those feelings. So if I think about that spectrum, in my mind, you want to go through that whole spectrum because, so for instance, what 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 is the use of pain? Even if I hurt myself, what is the use of pain? For me, the use of pain is to tell me that I I probably went too far, I did something wrong. And so how do you ever get to that level of pain? Uh, at some point you have to take the risk. At some point you have to put yourself in a situation where you're going to experience that. And that experience itself is probably valuable. It, is, it gives you an, uh, a reference point to monitor yourself and to go, okay, I have pushed too far. I know I've pushed too far and that's okay. And then you're sort of coming back to – you're realising oh, that's the middle point. So in every problem I do actually, this is something I, I commonly do. It doesn't really matter the problem but I'm always looking for the limits where are the limits and where's the center ground? Because to me, that's the scope. That's the space in which I can can work in. And if I don't have that full range, then I feel like I'm missing out. I haven't got the full story. I haven't gone through the full experience. So does that make sense that at some points you you, you, you sort of don't want you, – you should be cautious of shying away from being in situations of pain. So – for someone riding a bike or skating, that's what they do. Like if you imagine a young skater that's grinding down some, you know, a handrail on some stairs, they know at some point they're going to experience pain, but they're not avoiding that that situation. Yeah. You, where to start, man? That was good. No, that was that was great. And you touched on where I wanted to go next, but I want to return first to. Uh, the the spider kind of analogy and the difference between fear and pain. And I think there is a big distinction between fear and pain. I won't get too far into fear because I haven't, it's been a while since I've, I've thought about it, but the main thing with me with fear is that, okay, fear itself is the only thing you should fear. The only thing we should fear is fear itself is a, uh, is a very, very well-known quote. And, and it was only when that hit me that um, like when I actually understood it, it was like, yes, that is powerful. Fear, how to put this? Fear, it's another signal. It's, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher that. So I'm just going to blow past that one. But I want to go to now 
there are benefits to pain. And like you said, sometimes you, you shouldn't shy away from it. You should use it. And, and I want to read out to you. I wrote down a couple of years ago, I was going through a period where I was in pain quite a bit. And at the time I was like really introspective and trying to figure it out. Cause this is, this is actually a moment where I was like, here's pain. I could run from it. I could try and numb myself to it. Or you know what? How about I try and understand it and, and, and get a good, uh, get comfortable with it <laughs> in a way. And so I wrote down a few sentences of, okay, what is pain actually doing for me? And so I was hoping to now, if, if you're happy to, I'll read out each sentence and maybe we can talk about it a little bit. So the first thing I wrote down is that pain lets us know we are still alive. So that's, to me, that's, that's a benefit of it. It's like, okay, I'm still feeling something. It means that I'm still kicking. I can still fight. I'm still in it. Pain puts us in our place. It humbles us. This is a good one because like you said with the skateboarding example, you can do a lot of damage to yourself when you're, when you're skateboarding or doing anything else that's, that's incredibly physically demanding. So pain itself is like a limit. It's like, oh, hang on, mate. Do you really think you should be doing that? This, this is dangerous. So if you get a bit too cocky and you're like, oh, I'm going to go for a triple backflip. It's like, do you really want to? So pain there is, is, is your master. It teaches you. It humbles you. If you, if you want to comment on anything at any point, just let me know. Yeah, yeah. no, I think the humble one is really good. I, I agree with that. And I think um, I think there's something about fight like uh, boxing and, and UFC or, or other um, uh, martial arts or whatever they call it, fighting, fighting techniques or, or whatever you want to call it, that it does keep people humble because there's a, you know, like – it's very hard to cheat in those situations. You can cheat in a, in a lot of administrative situations. You can cheat in testing. You can cheat in a lot of ways. But when you're physically in a physical sport like boxing or something like that, it really tests who you are and it does make you humble. And it really, if you do it correctly, uh, it, it forces you to uh, put yourself in, in reflection um, and I think that, that that is highly valuable and it does result in, in the right situations it results in humble and it also results in the ability to control your emotions after a period of time because if you lose, if you lose your temper in a situation where you're painful and you're in, in real time in a, in a fight, you're in a very dangerous position. You're in a position where the other one can take full advantage of you losing focus. So what does that do? That that means that you need to be aware of the signals that are occurring. So if there's a signal of pain, you need to be aware of that. Okay, what's my immediate thing is, okay, it takes a, like you said before, it takes a duration for you to to recover. So in their case, I guess a box, I'm going to take a boxer. A boxer is going to go in the attack. If they, if they get attacked, then they're going to try and be defensive. And if that attack was significant enough, they're going to try and buy themselves a little bit of time to recover and then come back again. And so the mental transition to go through that on your, for yourself in real time is something you can probably only gain from going through that experience, I guess. Yeah, physical sports like and, and, and fighting is very good uh, a very good way to learn about pain and uh, how it can teach us. And I think one of the problems with that is in a lot of uh, areas in life where we should feel pain, we actually stop ourselves from feeling pain. So again, it, it, 
I think a big problem with um, society and humans and governments is that we don't allow ourselves to go through the pain. Like we do something wrong, the pain comes and then we just, I don't know, brush it under the rug or inflate the money supply, whatever it is. It's like, no, we did something wrong. We should be feeling this pain because this is a consequence of it. This is where the whole concept of having skin in the game is um, very important. It's like you have skin in the game because if you do something wrong, you're going to feel the pain of that and that's going to tell you, oh, hang on, I shouldn't go that way, I shouldn't do that. And so that's why, yeah, I think the way it humbles us, I think that's that's one thing. Like, like you said, you can ignore other things, but if you feel pain, you can't ignore that. It's going to tell you, hang on, don't do this, that's wrong it's going to tell you that you're not as tough as you think you are. Yeah, and I think I think you, you're right about um, we try to shield ourselves from pain uh, at points in which we shouldn't. So if you think about, if you go back, it was too big to fail. It wasn't really too big to fail. It was too painful to fail. That's really what the, what the scenario is. I'm referring to the GFC that happened in 08. And so we never really recovered that from that in, in my mind. Um, I think there's still... Re- there, Although COVID has caused impacts to the financial crisis, I also think our perspective about what finance changed at that point in time in, in, in my mind in history, when it was perceived that a company could be big enough that it wasn't allowed to fail. And so, yeah, that was kind of like the pain in which the government and society had to go through was too great and they weren't willing to confront that. And if you're unable to confront that, it's going to – it's gonna. The funny thing in my mind about the natural world and reality is you can't you can't avoid it. It doesn't matter how you think about it or what your perspective is about it. The natural state or the physical state is always going to maintain its it in the what we consider natural physical laws. And so in that instance, I think we just went against the the natural or physical law that we should have gone through, yeah, they, they, they did something wrong and they should have gone through the pain of that and it would have been a knock-on effect for others, um, but uh, it would have addressed that issue at that point. Yeah, reality always reveals itself. You know, you can try and hide it, obscure it as much as you want, but it'll always, it'll always get you in the end. I, I'm picturing like um, a, a horde of zombies that's like slowly chasing you. It's like you can run as far and as fast as you want, but eventually it will catch up to you. Like it's unrelenting. It's just, it's unfeeling. It's unmoving. It's just following you. And you can either deal with that or you can keep running, but you're always going to be struggling if you keep running. Exactly. And I, I guess there are strategies to, to figure out a good timing for that to occur. So, you know, um, I'm going to use your zombie analogy because, I like zombies. <laughs> um, but I think in that case, yeah, you're right. So like if the zombie was always chasing you, there's a period of time at which you can you can buy some a bit of space for yourself and then think – but at that point in time what you really want to be thinking is how, I do, how do I confront and overcome this, not how do I actually get rid of it altogether. Um, because if you think that you've got rid of it altogether, the reality is it's just you're not observing it. That's that's the difference. You've just trained yourself not to observe or monitor that situation. And that is, a, uh, in my mind, a greater risk than you actually then confronting it. Um, but then at certain points, you want to probably confront it at the right point of time. So, I mean, that's what boxers and fighters do. You know, that they, or any good, I think any good or sport in general, any good sport is actually figuring out the timing of when you're actually, okay, I'm in the good moment now and I'm in a bad moment now and understanding that and taking advantage and 
figuring out a strategy of defense or, or attack or whatever it, it would be in those scenarios. Yeah, 100% agree. I think it is fair enough at times to give yourself that room, but eventually it, it's, you're always better off at least confronting it at some point at, at, at infrequent enough intervals. It's not, <laughs> you can't put out absolute values on it, but yes, generally it's better to be more confronting than it is to be running away or obscuring. The too big to fail that you mentioned before, I, I really hate that idea. It's, it's akin to putting all your eggs in one basket. Like that used to be a bad thing, but now apparently it's, it's, it's what we want. The other thing is any time we design something, any good engineer is not looking at, okay, if one thing fails, the whole system collapses. It's okay, how do I make this as fault tolerant as possible? How do I make this so a thousand things can go wrong and yet it still continues to work? And again, yet some of the most important things in our life in society is set up so that, okay, if one single point of failure, the whole system collapses. Exactly. Now, if I go back to a, uh, I'm going to go back to a childhood analogy because of, uh, I, I think it is a situation where uh, it could be perceived in the same manner in that fact that, you know, the idea that uh, too big to fail is like uh, that, that uh, what it does is it removes the experience of consequence. And so if you don't go through the experience of conse consequence, then you're in a much in my mind, you're in a poorer state to deal with the future. And so I remember as a kid, I remember uh, quite a few times my mum sort of saying to me, if you want to do that, that's fine. But if you get caught, you take the consequence, you wear the consequence of that. And so that always stuck in my mind because that allowed me to understand that, yeah, she sort of understood that at certain points in time, you're going to do the wrong thing or you're going to, you're going to, be put in a situation that uh, uh, that you don't like, um, but the only way to ever to ever get ahead of that is to to actually cop the consequence of your action. And in that case, they didn't. You know, it, we didn't really comp, cop the consequence. So you know, the behaviour of the financial institutes at that point in time was out of step. And when there was a period where the consequence was going to happen the consequence was removed. And so therefore there was no learning, you know, the consequence is really failure is important to learn and consequence is good to learn. And if you don't go through it, you miss the learning that you should have had. And in my mind, that's kind of what happened there. And I, yeah, I do wonder in a lot of ways, the way in which we consume and the way in which we are happy to consume at significant debt levels is because of that. We never dealt with that consequence. And maybe if we did and people lose their home or, or whatever, as sad as it would have been, it might have actually brought people back to going, okay, I shouldn't just have discretionary spending debt, you know, like I'll buy a new TV and I'll just put it on, on debt or I'll buy this. It would have kept people in a bit more of a check again. But I think what we saw as a result of that is people just, I would love to see this financially, but in my mind, people just consumed even maybe at a more rapid rate than prior to that, that event. Yeah, man, that's a great attitude to have your mother is very wise consequences are very important and again it comes back to that balance equation that i was saying before it's like okay you want to stay in this comfortable zone the longer you stay in that zone the more intense it's going to be afterwards in the painful zone so yeah i definitely think um we should we should be facing the consequences because like 
it's reality. It's going to happen eventually. Like you can try and put it off as long as you want, but you're only passing the the buck down the road. You're only passing that off to your future self or your kids, their kids. So, you know. All right, next sentence I had, pain gives us focus. Like we were talking about before, when, you, when you're in a state of pain, you get, your focus is drawn to that, which is actually, it, it could be a bad thing, but it, it, it's actually a good thing as well. Because if you're trying to develop in that area, then you want to be focused on it. And so pain gives you hyper-focus on it. And I think one of the things with um, traumatic experiences is the reason it sticks so heavily. And I think I heard this on a Huberman Labs podcast. The reason they stick, say you're in a car crash or something, it, it the reason it's so vivid in our memory is because our focus is drawn to that occasion, which just signals to your neurons to okay remember this this is important and so what happens is when we're in pain it's signaling to your your nervous system saying remember this this is important and so it's up to us at that point it's like okay what is the lesson you learned from here is the lesson you learn how to avoid that pain or is the lesson you learn how to continue doing that and get into that pain yeah yeah definitely i think focus is actually a really good one because you know if you've gone for it like you said, if you've done something that's caused you a significant amount of pain, you're probably unlikely to put yourself in that situation again, which means that you're hyper-focused on, on, on the important aspects, I guess. So wherever, yeah, wherever you experience pain, like you said, uh, that podcast, it, it creates a significant imprint, um, which then really helps you for the future. It, it, it helps you navigate the future, avoid uh, dangerous and risky situations, yeah. Pain helps us grow. That's been going on. Pain is a teacher. So again, it's like it tells you, okay, where are the limits? What is what is wrong? It it it, it tells us this is a bad path to be going on. This is something that is wrong. And like I said, you can try and if if we just obscure that, if we're like, oh, don't worry about it, just you know, pave over it. You'll never learn that lesson. But if you actually heed it, if you actually go, oh, hang on, this is actually giving me vital information about reality itself. If you say thank you for that and you go, okay, I'm going to learn from this, it's incredibly beneficial to you. And then you become more capable of dealing with reality, of facing it, and then you become more capable in general. Yeah, so I guess it's also important after the fact. So you can experience pain and you can go through that immediate adjustment or the immediate reaction of the pain. But also, I guess in those scenarios, it's also important to reflect on periods of pain. So after the event, uh, you would go back and go, what what caused the pain or uh, what was it that uh, that I can do in the future that would avoid that? Or even with the sport, if you think about it, you know, you get sit you get a situation where it causes a significant amount of pain in the future. You're going to, you know, if you reflect on that, you're going to figure out strategies not to put yourself in that situation again. hundred percent. I mean, it comes back to what I said right at the start. It's just a signal that something is wrong. And so, yeah, if you are the kind of person that's like, okay, let's look at that. Let's identify what was wrong. Then if it happens again in the future, you know how to deal with it. You know how to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Like you said, if in sport, okay, you do something and you get hit or you you lose and it's very painful, you're going to look at that and say, okay, why was that? Why did I feel that? And then if you think about it enough, if you look at it enough, you'll figure out, oh, okay, this is how I overcome that. And then in the future, that just makes you a more capable person. 
Yeah, and I guess in now that I so the immediate reaction was when I, when I heard the word wrong is that it should uh, it should never I guess the first thing was it should never happen, um, but now that I we've talked through it together, I feel like I have a better understanding by the word you mean wrong. So in my mind, it's similar to like failure. So failure is a signal that okay, there needs to be an adjustment here, but it's also not to avoid failure, and so it's in this case I would imagine it's it's a signal that something is wrong here, but also you've got to be careful never not to to avoid not ever being wrong as well. So it's important to be wrong at certain points in time in order for you to get that experience or that feedback back. Yeah, I mean failure is a whole other rabbit hole that maybe we can go down one day. But the main thing for me with failure is that okay you had some expectation about how this would go and it didn't go that way. What did you learn though? For me, failure is, okay, this is a learning opportunity. You can find success in learning why that failed, why that went wrong. And I think it does tie in pretty well with pain in that respect. It's like, this is a signal that something went wrong. You expected something to go one way, but it didn't go that way. Why did it go? Why didn't it go that way? How do you get it to go that way? Do you want it to go that way? Like there's a lot of success in failure. Yes, yes. And then also I think um, uh, I like the idea of focus. So it's not even just mental focus. I reckon your body is uh, it, 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 the, a chemical or biological reaction that's actually happening in your body actually tunes the focus to, okay, I need to really drill down on this part because this is the thing that's going to give me significant pain. So I've got to really monitor it. And you can imagine like even the person's, you know, pupil that might dilate and really focus in that or there might be a biological shift in their body that actually occurs at that point in time that really sets them up to focus in on something which they actually missed and now because they've experienced pain about that they're not going to miss it again and you sort of go to that next level I guess I would imagine in certain situations. Yeah. 100%. More sentences. Pain is a constant reminder, a warning signal. Pain hurts but it also heals. I think the, 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 my, um, I came up with that because like I said, it, it draws your attention to something is wrong, which is what allows you to heal. It's like, okay, this is what is wrong with you. Address this, you will heal. You will feel better. That's interesting. So if I go back and it might be a little bit controversial. So again, it's not about, uh, we're looking at it very, uh, um, objectively here. Um, but going back to losing a loved one, I guess that's what's happening um, is that um, you're kind of adjusting to that change and so you have to go through that. Sometimes you just have to go through pain to get to the other side. There's, a, there's, a, there's another side that you can get to. It, the longer that you don't confront the pain that's in front of you or discomfort, depending on which way you sort of perceive it, but... It, the longer you try and avoid that, the hard it's yeah you're just not going to get to the solution. You, it's too hard to get to the other side. So you need to process. And so I guess it's important, like all emotions, it's important to actually then process that emotion. If you're unable to process the emotion, then it's very difficult to actually move forward out of that situation because you don't really understand why why it's happening, what it's ha what is happening, and be able to reflect and and be prepared for anything in the future or even just process it. Because I think that. I think humans are very much problem solvers, you know. So if you can't solve a problem, although uh, maybe superficially you can get over it, it's sort of – I think it always is deeply seated in yourself uh, and and it can cause, I think, a lot of 
uh, our mental issues, I guess, not being able to really drill down on that part and be able to overcome it. Um, so yeah, yeah, processing pain is, is important. Yeah. And the other thing is if you take into consideration that idea of you ping pong between pain and pleasure, well, you're never going to get the pleasure if you don't feel the pain. So you have to go through the pain again. That's where it comes. It hurts, but it also heals. There is no healing without the hurting. So again, balance. A couple more sentences. Pain protects. I think that's a pretty obvious one. Like when you feel painful, you're like, oh, hang on, stop. I'm going to damage myself if I continue with that. And I guess that's kind of interesting. You could, we often think of pain as the bad part of the experience, but actually pain is probably the good part of the experience because it's, it's not the damage itself. It's telling you that the damage is going to occur. So if you look at it in that way, it's like pain is good. It's, it's actually warning you. It's trying to stop you from hurting yourself. Whatever you're doing is actually the bad, bad part. Yeah. So the, yeah, without pain, you would, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be able to, you'd break limbs and not, you'd not be able to walk, but you wouldn't be, it, it, it wouldn't make such an impact on your life. You wouldn't, uh, maybe not walking could, but I mean, yeah, if you didn't get a significant response of pain, then it's not going to adjust. It's harder for you to be adjusted for the future, particularly unconsciously. I think there's a lot that would happen unconsciously. So obviously you consciously might process certain things, uh, but unconsciously, I think, yeah, correct. Yeah, it's important to do. And lastly, I've got pain reveals. It reveals what is real. There's nothing yes. more real than pain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can't avoid it. You can't afford it. Uh, there was one more thing, I guess, uh, and maybe we sort of touched on it a little bit, but I think probably it would be good to be a little bit clearer about it. And some people are probably very clear about this, but just understanding that uh, that a level of discomfort or, or pain actually uh, triggers growth. Um, so have you got a good example of something that you can think of? Like, is it a, like, would a gym be a good example of where you, you or is it learning? I think uh, the workouts is a good example that, yeah, in order to actually get growth in your muscles, you I don't know exactly what's going on, but I think what happens is you're tearing, you're actually breaking down your muscles and then it regrows stronger. And in order for that tearing, in order for that initial break, you have to be, it's going to be uncomfortable for you. It's going to be, sometimes it might feel like pain, but that's where it's good to have that understanding of, okay, there's a point where it's beneficial for me and then there's a point where it's actually going to damage me and it's going to take longer to heal and I may never heal properly. So that's where you kind of want to understand the distinction between the two. And so when you go through that experience, because obviously, at, and you know, let's just call it discomfort at that point in time, what, what, are, what are the strategies you use in order for you to get through that period of time? Because your brain's, you know, at that point in time, your brain's basically saying, no, no, stop, get, you know, uh, let's say you, 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 you've ran for half an hour on the treadmill and, you, you know, you've been doing it for a while or, or whatever and at some point your body wants to tell you, no, stop. How, how do you manage saying, no, no, I'm going to push myself through? What, what is, what's your strategy? Uh, now... This is interesting. I think focusing is what I, focusing is what I try and do. Generally, what I try and do is focus on the breathing, and I think they both have uh, uh, beneficial attributes to it. I think you could focus on something else itself, and that would be um, beneficial to getting through that discomfort. But also by focusing on the breathing, the breath is actually helping you perform better if you regulate your breath in a certain way. If you have a certain amount inhale, exhale. 
it also benefits you. So you're combining the two instead of just focusing on like a point on the wall and that's drawing your attention. So you're not concentrating on the discomfort. You focus on the breathing, which is which is having that draw, drawing away from the discomfort to some point, but it's also benefiting you in that you're regulating your breath better and that's improving your ability to perform. Yeah, so wherever you are, I mean, uh, causing a distraction as you're going through a painful period helps ease the focus on the pain because I think that that's true. I, I do agree that, I mean, you, you kind of see this with kids. Those kids, you know, I imagine parents that actually the kid falls over and then everyone rushes to it and and it um, and sort of moddy coddles it. And basically I think because the focus is on that pain at that point in time, it might last longer and the kid feels like, okay, this is a good situation to be in even though it's a, it's a painful one. It's a complex scenario, I guess. But... But if if the parents like oh well it's okay don't worry just brush off um, you're shifting the you, you're trying to take away their focus from it being a, a significant problem because the parents obviously uh, assessed the situation and said oh you know it hasn't broken its leg or they haven't broken they haven't you know really need stitches or something like that but they've fallen over and hurt themselves and the reality is you know it happens all the time um, and so I guess really shifting focus is really an important thing I think going through those painful periods of time. Um, and I like the idea of, of the breathing because, yeah, what you're saying is shifting your focus on that. You could, in my mind, what you sort of said there is you can shift your focus. It's important to shift focus if you want to get rid of or reduce the level of pain or discomfort. But then if I shift my focus on breathing, particularly if I'm doing exercise, it's actually beneficial because it's regulating my body. So it's actually physically doing something to me that helps set me up to over to deal with this state, I guess. So in my mind, when I've had uh, discomfort situations, I've always, uh, I use a similar technique and it hasn't been breathing, but it's always thinking about, um, you know, what other people are going through. So, you know, I always reference my point to like a third world country that's, um, you know, either has situations with starving, disease, or, or um, maybe they're controlled by a dictator and there's a lot of violence in that period of time. And so I try and use a baseline that's well above my level of pain and it sort of like take it eases the pain. It's like, well, what I'm complaining through just running an hour <laughs> or half an hour. Why am I complaining about that when this person's actually running for their life and uh, or, or has been beaten up? For, for no obvious reason and it allows me to shift my focus and to elevate my baseline of what pain actually is i guess yeah you i, I mean you understood what i was saying pretty very well what i want to say though is that i would be careful you using that kind of technique where you're comparing it to someone else's position because even though if you were in that position you would it, it would feel worse to you. It doesn't matter. Your your relative discomfort slash pain could be similar to someone in that situation. So, and it doesn't help make you feel better either that that, that someone else is feeling bad. Like, if, if 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 someone else's suffering is kind of helping you get past something and feel better about yourself, that feels wrong to me. Like, I understand what you're trying to do, and I understand you don't mean it in a a negative way. It's just for me, it's like okay, I don't want to focus on someone else's suffering in order to make me feel better or okay about my situation. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's um, 
It's an interesting, I don't know where I ended up, where I got that technique from. It helps me a lot, but then I, I have a really good ability to switch off. Even if I, I'm, I kind of am both. I'm, I can be a very empathetic person, uh, but I, I can also have a switch where I'm like detached from the situation. And so in those moments, it's kind of detached enough, but then uh, what I'm doing is just giving myself something that's uh, referencing outside of my own experience that I can actually use. But you're right, it is dangerous to to compare because you might not be. I mean, obviously that person, if that person's been through, if that's their cultural upbringing, then maybe their level of pain threshold is much greater than yours in a certain situation, not as in a comparing situation. It's just that their their body's been through a situation greater than yours. So maybe referencing that point is... Uh, a bit side, a bit outside of your abilities. Um, it, it's also a bit difficult if you are comparing to someone else and you still feel crap because then you makes you feel worse about yourself. Like I get it from your perspective. Yes, if you can detach yourself from the situation, you, it, it is a technique you can use. But if you're unable to detach yourself from this situation, then you might look at it and say, well, these people have it much worse than me. Why am I feeling like crap? And then that can just make you feel even worse. So that's why like, I would advise to just... I, I tend to avoid that kind of a technique, but yeah, that's that's kind of like my concerns with it. And I just wanted to. Yeah, I agree. It could actually it. bring people down. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, I mean, that's not uncommon that people, particularly, uh, you know, some people might try and avoid the news, not purely because they don't want to be educated about it, but mainly because it's quite overwhelming for them to see situations of other people being uh, in bad situations, harm or, or whatever, and. I, I, there will be instances if you reference that, then it could actually bring your elevate your levels down. Um, so yeah, so it's I guess yeah for me it's worked, and probably other people it won't work. Um, but it is a technique that I that I have used, and it's only because I'm yeah. Who teaches you these techniques? It's sort of like you go through life, and it's sort of okay. This feels like the right for me. I seem to get the best out of this situation. So I remember. Uh, quite a lot when I used to work younger, I would go out on a Saturday night and I'll have to work 13 hours on a Sunday. And so I'd go out, be stupid, get drunk and I'd feel terrible the next day. And in my mind it was like, well, you caused this to yourself. These people didn't even cause this to themselves. They're going through much worse situations and it made me get through that 13 hours like nothing else. But then there was no, I mean, I never really got even, it's probably only the last four or five years that I've really thought about breathing. I've never, ever really thought about breathing. And I, it's just no, something that hasn't ever really been taught to me, but it makes complete sense to, if you're going to shift focus, shift focus on something that's going to value you. And and so I think I like that it's going to value you and it's also a reference to yourself. So it's relative to the individual in which the pain is, can be experienced rather than something that's external. Yeah, I think so. Like you said, I've got to shift focus anyway to get through this. Might as well shift it to something that's going to benefit me the most as well. One thing I want to pick up on what you said that, Yes, it is good to try and focus on something else when, when you're going through a period of discomfort that is, you know, is beneficial for you. However, I do think it's bad to distract yourself from something that is painful because that is trying to tell you something. And if you are trying to pull your focus away from that, you're not going to learn the lesson that that's trying to tell you. So if, if you're doing something that you know is beneficial for you, that is uncomfortable, then yes, pull focus doesn't matter because it's going to be good for you. If you're in some state of pain, don't try and distract yourself. Don't try and make yourself numb. Look at the pain, say, what is going on here? Why is this happening? And then try and 
fix that, listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in that case, if you avoid the pain, you're never going to get through. It's hard to get through to the other side because, you, yeah, you're not processing it, I guess. As yeah, and you're not point. learning the lesson that the pain's trying to tell you. All right, I've got a couple more things here. One thing uh, we can go through pretty quickly is just a bit of um, advice, which is to just get good at learning the difference between discomfort and pain and understanding what it can do for you. When you do this, it helps you learn quick. Anytime I do something that is painful to me, it's like, why is that painful? Look at it. Ah, that's why. And then I ameliorate that. I fix that up. And it's good motivation as well. So anytime I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working in the garage or whatever, I understand that, okay, if there's tools all over the place, if it's a mess, there's a higher chance I'm going to injure myself and damage it. So it's good motivation. Okay, keep the place clean because there's so much more benefits to that than not just not damaging myself. And then the result is that if you learn from pain, you get less pain in the future because you've learned the lessons from it. You're actively trying to avoid it. You're doing what, it, what, it's, what it's shown to you, what you've learned from it, and then you feel less pain in the future. Makes sense. All right, last thing, and this is more of a, uh, I don't know, philosophical more of a type thing. Mick, do, machi- do machines feel pain? If I go with your definition that it's a signal for something going wrong, the feeling part, if I said that the machine could go through pain, possibly in my mind, it's a, it's a tricky question, but if it feels pain, I don't think it feels pain. So I would say that the feeling isn't there. Then if you remove feeling from pain, is it actually pain? It's an interesting question. I don't have an answer for you. Have you have you thought about an answer for that? I don't know the answer, but based off of like what we've been discussing and how I view pain, I do think there are, is a uh, analogous part of machinery, of computers, of coding that is pain. And if you think about what is an exception in a computer, it's telling the computer that something is wrong, something happened. Is that any different to pain that humans feel? It's interesting. You just prompted a memory I had of mine, which is, uh, which was very, uh, <laughs> oh God, it's going to show what an engineer is like, I guess, and how we perceive the world. So I remember in uh, one of our previous properties, we had uh, quite a few split system um, heaters and whenever I, or it's the same with a car. So you could use this analogy wherever. And so I actually, I always uh, get anxious when people want to crank it up to 26 or 28. And for me, it's that I understand what's actually happening for that uh, uh, compressor to actually get that level of temperature out there. It's going through uh, quite a a significant amount of duress it's using a lot of energy and in my mind yes that is detrimental to the system so uh you know the more that you actually overwork it the more damage you cause to that system and i would say if i was ever to try and describe pain from a machine's point of view it would be that or something as same as if you you know you're driving a car and let's say the car ran out of oil and now it's starting to or it's uh it's thermostats uh and it seems I can't think of the thing now, but uh, let's say it overheated, it overheated. To me, when you see that overheating, it may have had some damage, but that's a signal that something's going to go wrong pretty soon. And so at that point, that's when you've got to stop. So if I was able to describe a, where, where 
machines have pain, that would be it. But whether they feel it, I don't think they feel it, but they, in my mind, can go through pain. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to agree with you there that I think the, the properties of pain as we've laid out, um, yes, a machine can go through that, but do they actually feel it? I don't know. That's another question. I would say it is interesting, and I mean, we won't do it now, but it would have been interesting to go through, okay, looking at pain from a en purely energy perspective in that the pain is, is, is a signal that you're going to be using a lot of energy. Either something's damaged and you're going to have to use a lot of energy to recover from it or you are using a lot of energy to do something. So in that way, like you said, yeah, if you crank up the heater while well, you're make, putting more energy into it, that could be seen as painful. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, yeah. All right, Mick, this has been a good discussion. Do you have anything else you want to add before we close out? No, besides that it wasn't that painful at all. So, <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad. All right, then. My supplemental song suggestion for today is Tone Def's Control. And then my quote is, all of our knowledge grows only through the correcting of our mistakes. And that's by Karl Popper. Thanks for joining us for this discussion. We hope you enjoyed it. Love to hear your feedback. But as always, be well. <laughs>